0: Have you ever wondered why when some people say to the mountain, be moved, it moves? And then when you say to the mountain, be moved, well, it just doesn't. Let's do this. Boom! baby. Pastor Sia from Kingdom Builders Ministries International under the watchful eye of our senior pastor and leader, Pastor Vernon Orenser. This is the Building the Kingdom Q&A podcast. Welcome to another awesome episode. This is episode 16 or 17, I think it is. I'm not sure exactly where we are, but we are well underway. We are on our way. Uh, And like I told you, and like you do know already, it takes 21 days to create a habit and we are so close to finalizing 21 days, our first 21 days into this podcast. You also know uh, that uh, we are on a 365 day publishing uh, challenge, 365 days of publishing. And uh, like I said, we're sort of 16 or 17 days, whatever it is into that process. And uh, I uh, accepted that challenge because I knew that if I put out our voice there, good things would happen, and I believe that, and I know it is already beginning to happen. We're seeing some shifting, we're seeing some changing, and we are committed to the process. It's not just about uh, short-term, uh, uh, short-term results. That's not what this is about. This is about long-term endeavours, long-term process uh, that we will believe, or we do believe, is going to affect real change, and we are beginning to see. Uh, momentum grow, and it's really great to be a part of. Also, uh, we're on a 90-day challenge to change the world, and that's what we're doing. We're changing our lives to be able to change the world. Pastor said June, July, and August are going to be pivotal months in the kingdom of God, and that is what we're doing. We're doing everything we can to change our lives so that the uh, the runoff effect of a change in our lives will change the people around us and uh, so that's what we're doing. We're already seeing uh, a global effect. We're already seeing a global effect uh, in the changes that we're doing, um, and it it's really is literally going beyond the borders of South Africa, through Africa, Europe, um, Middle East even. Uh, we're seeing a lot of changes happening, so it's really, really exciting stuff to be a part of, and I'm so glad that you're on the journey with us, and let me tell you guys, you are the most awesome audience in the world, I am so happy that you guys are with us on this podcast, you're following it, you're faithful to it, and um, we, we are loving the input and the feedback that you guys are giving us, it's really great, so much love, so much appreciati- appreciation uh, towards you guys. But like I said, also, is that we are committed to the long-term process. And that brings me down to what I wanted to talk to you about today, the long-term process. Uh, it, of Those of you who have been joining us on the 5 a.m. prayer meetings, if you've not been jumping in on that meeting, you are totally missing out. It's amazing stuff. There's awesome things happening, and we wouldn't want you to miss that. There are certain things that come out there that don't come out anywhere else. Uh, Prayer has a way of uh, revealing certain things that stay hidden in every other uh, arena. And when you get into prayer, uh, certain revelations begin to get birthed that really don't happen anywhere else. And the one thing that has been standing out to me during the prayer meetings, particularly this morning and um, and the last couple of days, is uh, if you know anything about the temple... Um, the, the temple in in Israel, the the temple that uh, that Solomon built and that the Lord gave, that gave the pattern to Moses, and um, if you know anything about that, is as you come in through the gate onto the outer court, you will see uh, a, an altar of sacrifice, and it's at that place of sacrifice uh, that you lay down the the sacrifice, the lamb, whatever it was, that, whatever it was that you were bringing, and you came down. After that, to the water, there was a big bath of water where you would wash yourself and cleanse yourself and prepare to go into the inner court worship. Outer court worship, outer court experience is uncovered. Inner court worship is covered. It's an indoor experience and there's no outside light coming into the inner court. The inner court is called the holy place and there's a candlestick, over there with uh, with light, obviously, and then on the right-hand side there is bread, so the candlestick is on the left, on the right-hand side there is bread, it's a table of showbread, and right in front of you before the veil um, is an altar of incense. Now all of these pieces of furniture, they're not random, they all have very specific and significant, uh, well let me just call it their very specific significances to them. Uh, and. Uh, beyond the veil, as you go beyond the veil, you come to the Ark of the Covenant, and that's where the Shekinah glory of God would show up on the uh, Day of Atonement when the priest used to pour out the blood of the sacrifice on the mercy seat. Then what would happen is the Shekinah glory of God would show up, but he was only allowed to do that once a year. What they did instead, uh, coming in daily, they would uh, burn incense at the altar of incense, Uh, And they would take fire in uh, or the coals uh, from the fire on that altar. But those, let me me finish up. They would put that uh, fire from that altar into a censer, a long pole with a little container on the end. They would put incense inside that container and stick it under the veil, under the curtain. And they would wave the smoke and the smell of the incense before the Ark of the Covenant. Um, And that is significant of prayer and worship. Though that incense burning is, is, uh, is significant and is a, a, a reflection of prayer and worship. But I want to tell you this. This is what I want to get to and It's going to lead into my point. Um, the fire that goes on the altar of incense where they actually get the heat to burn the incense comes from the altar of sacrifice. Have you ever noticed how certain people when they pray and when they worship there just seems to be a level of fire on them that you just it's just not everywhere you you find that there's fire in their prayer there's fire in their worship and I'll tell you why the lord told the people that were building the the uh, the uh the temple he said don't ever allow people to present a uh, strange fire before me. In other words, the fire that burns the incense needs to be a holy fire that comes off the altar of sacrifice. You can't get fire from anywhere else. And sometimes what we're trying to do is we're trying to inject a certain type of fire into our prayer and into our worship that it doesn't come from that place. It does not come from that altar of sacrifice. Sometimes it's the altars of our education or it's the altars of our ego or it's the altars of our entitlement or it's the altars of our job or we, we use our status in society sometimes to inject fire into that sensor. And then what we're doing is we're saying, Lord, because of my, this, that, or the other thing, I am, my my prayers should be heard. No, 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 no. Your prayers should not be heard if the fire comes from anywhere else but the, the fire of the sacrifice. Your sacrifice, your level of sacrifice will determine the fire that is in your prayer. I have found many, many times that I would come before the Lord very entitled, very arrogant and believe that certain things should happen for me based on a particular status, based on uh, certain things that I felt like I'd qualified for uh, other than the sacrifices uh, of from the altar of prayer, from the altar of laying down my flesh, the altar of purification, the altar, those altars, that altar where you laying down yourself and saying, I must become less so that he can become more. It is no longer that I, I that live, but Christ that lives in me. If you're not willing to go through that process, there will no not be real holy fire in your prayer. And you will be offering strange fire before the Lord. So there is a real process that goes into um, becoming somebody that is a, pr- a prayer warrior, if you want to call it, or a person of prayer. Now I want to talk about that process for a couple of moments, and that'll be it for today. Uh, we have to commit to the long-term vision and not the short-term vision. For instance, we are here. Well, let me put it to you this way: we can commit to the short-term visions as long as they add up to the long-term goal. I, I hope I, I hope you understand what I'm saying. Is that we can commit to these long these these short-term things that we're doing. But they together need to be in the process of accomplishing a long-term goal. For instance, we're coming to 5 a.m. prayer. And the short-term vision is to get through these 21 days of prayer. It's going to be mighty. It's going to be powerful. But this 21 days of prayer is vital. It's the next step. But that's not the issue. What's actually the issue is what happens after the 21 days. Will we continue in prayer? Or are we just trying to get through this and survive this uh, so that we can do what we need to do? Then I'm going to go back to sleeping late, go back to old habits, go back to a prayerless life. This 21 days is establishing a habit of prayer in our lives. That's the long-term goal. The short-term goal is every day get up at 5, every day get up at 5. Let me tell you something, after the 21 days is done, you're going to wake up just before 5 o'clock anyway, alarm clock or no alarm clock. Your body is in the habit. Don't break down or um, deconstruct, demanufacture that process. It is a good process. It is a process that has led me out of the deepest, darkest valleys of my life. Is early morning prayer now? I know some people's bodies just don't work that way. I know some people's minds just don't work that way. Early mornings is it l- literally is like the valley of the shadow of death for you. I I can get that. I understand it, but but you have to have a time. I do I do my my prayer time early in the morning, and I know there's it's not for because I think I'm deeper or more spiritual or because. I think I'm going to get a better line. You know, the hotspot is better to heaven. You know, I get a better, uh, whatever, a better heavenly signal. No, 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 none of that. I just know that I'm at my freshest then. And once I've done what I needed to do, it sets the pace for the rest of my day. Uh, I've I've set things in order. I've centered myself for the rest of my day. I'm in place. Things are going to happen because the first thing I did was go to prayer. That's why I do what I do. Now, I know not everybody thinks that way. I know some people work differently. I know some people have families and all that kind of stuff. So, but there must be a centralized time that happens every day at the same time. That's important. I know a lot of people fight against routine. Routine is a rhythm to your life. Routine helps you to establish the short-term goals uh, as you build the long-term vision and success. If you don't have short steps to take, how are you going to build towards the long-term success? Long-term success doesn't happen overnight. It's not one step to long-term success. It is a bunch, hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of little steps, little victories that take you towards the long-term goal. And you need a rhythm. It cannot be sporadic. You need a rhythm, a routine, a track to run on, a consistency to your life. That helps you build and uh, on purpose go to success. Success cannot be an accident for you. Success and building your goal and the dream that God has given you is not an accident. It's a, it's a purposeful thing. It is an intentional thing. You have to take the long-term goal, break it down into a 10-year, 5-year, 2-year, 1-year, 3-month, 6-month, that kind of thing Plan so that you intentionally get to your goal it's not uh, God's responsibility to get you to your goal he gives you the blueprint he gives you the principles he gives you the tools to work with but you have to be a master builder you have to be a steward over what he has given you and you have to learn to build what he is calling you to build now that is a process and. Uh, one of the business mentors that my father had, he said it takes about 10 years to become an overnight success. I'm going to say that again. It it takes about 10 years to become an overnight success. A lot of the success that we we see look like it's overnight, but it's not. It's taken a lot of behind-the-scenes work to be able to get you to the place where the next step that you took was a step of success, and that blew up into great success, but it wasn't like that. A lot of people have said about Kingdom Builders Ministries and about Pastor Vernon, wow, he's an overnight success. If that's true, it was a long night. It was a long, long night uh, because it wasn't true. It was a lot of pain, a lot of heartache, a lot of sacrifices, a lot of laying aside, a lot of giving up what everybody else was enjoying to be able to say no to those things and yes to the call of God. Now, Let's talk about the long-term process for a minute, and I'm going to get out of your way. Remember Jesus in the boat? He's in the boat. There's a storm. He's asleep in the back of the boat, and he knows there's a storm. There's no way Jesus doesn't know there's a storm. He knows there's a storm, but he's decided to go to sleep. Why? Because he's taught his disciples well enough to deal with the process. He gave them what they needed, and they freaked out, and they said, "Oh, Master, do you not care that we perish? How can you say to the master, the carer above all carers, that he doesn't care? But they had a problem. And let me, let me show you what the problem was. Jesus goes to the front of the boat, says to the, the storm, peace be still, and it dies down. And they go, whoa, who is this man? In the, even the wind and waves obey him. And he had his, one of his most swiftest, strongest rebukes for them. He said, "O oh, ye of little faith. O oh, ye of little faith. What is he saying? I expected you to do this. I expected you to deal with the elements that are threatening you. I expected you to take care of it. Don't come wake me up for this. I taught you how to do this. Now do it. Do something. Get out there and shout at the wind and shout at the waves and shout at the rain. Bring the word of God to the situation. Now. The word little, when he said, O ye of little faith, that word little means short burst. Short burst. It means there's no endurance to your faith. We need to learn as Christians to be consistently constant. Not so up and down. That's why you need a rhythm. That's why you need a prayer routine, a word routine. Church on Sunday is not enough of a routine. You need a daily place that you go. Give us this day our daily bread. Uh, Give us this day. In other words, there's daily bread that is being put aside, but I still have to go and get it. Just because it's been put aside doesn't mean I am going to get it. I have to still go to that place and get it. Proverbs 4, 7 says, um, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, what is it saying? Get the wisdom. Just because we know that wisdom is the principal thing doesn't mean we get it. We still have a responsibility to go out there and get what God has called us to have. Now, I hope that helps you. And your homework, I'm giving you an assignment. Your homework is to set up that routine, I can tell you how my week is going to look, how my month is going to look, how my year is going to look. I have a plan in place. I'm busy working on certain things uh, in entrepreneurship. In uh, in uh, I'm studying in 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 the sphere or the field of education at the moment. So I'm busy working on how that's going to look. I'm busy. Um, helping as a help to um, the ministry of helps towards the ministry. And Pastor Vernon, I know how that's supposed to look in the next little while. I've got a plan because I've got a daily rhythm of my life. That helps me to endure to the end. It's not a sprint. It is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It is not a a, a short distance. Usain Bolt, as much as and as awesome as he is, not going to make it. It's the long-distance dude that makes it. Only long-distance guy that I still remember is Bruce Fordyce and Zolabat. Those are the only ones I still remember. <laughs> but the, the, the short-distance sprinters do not make it. You're flashy. You look amazing. But that's not what the kingdom needs. The kingdom needs people who can endure to the end. Guys, I hope this helps you. The kingdom is out there. Go build it.